Well, hey, my name is Stephen, and I'm one of the pastors here at Plum Creek, and it is such an honor to share this weekend on something that every single one of us deal with. Regardless if you're here today with us in person or if you're joining us online, this is something today that all of us, again, every single one of us deal with. This week we're continuing in our series that we've titled White Flag. And I think all of us know what a white flag represents. It represents surrender, right? When we wave it in the air, it means we're done. I give up. It's all over. And so over these next few weeks as we continue in this series, we're gonna be looking at things that we need to surrender to God. And today that thing that we're going to talk about, the thing we're going to look at is fear. Now chances are pretty good that you've battled many different types of fear throughout your life. So many of us, we, we are potentially living in fear today. A couple years ago, Pastor Doug mentioned a study that shows us when babies are born, they're only born with two innate fears. I don't know if any of the, if you remember those or not, but the first one is the fear of falling, and the second one is the fear of loud noises. Now what's really super interesting to me is for some reason, I apparently have not grown out of either one of those fears. Because uh, I, I very rarely remember my dreams, but when I do remember them, it's because I wake up feeling like I am falling off of something. And it's crazy. I, I, yeah, I don't like it very much. It's horrible. Um, the other one is this. I like to call it, instead of a fear of loud noises, I like to call it a startle reflex. <laughs> Some of you know what I'm talking about. Um, my family thinks it's funny sometimes to you know, make a loud noise or, or scare me, um, literally taking years off of my life. Um, but but I, um, I, I have a fear of loud noises. To this day, I'll be sitting in a movie totally paying attention to what is going on. A loud noise hits and I do this little thing. It's, sorry, I, I thought, you would laugh at that. Um, <laughs> what's crazy is so many of us would say that when we were a child, we had these fears that we begin to learn. Like, for instance, how many of you, if you want to raise your hands and participate this morning, um, how many of you would say that you had a fear of the dark? Anyone want to admit to that one? Yeah, a few of you. Um, Afraid of the boogeyman, right? You know, we don't want him to come get us. How many of you had a fear of spiders as a child? How many of you still have a fear of spiders? Yep, okay, I see those hands, that's awesome. Um, I grew up in Oklahoma for a good portion of my life and there was this little thing that would roll through every once in a while called a tornado. Whatever, no big deal. But how many afraid of storms, you know, that kind of stuff kind of freaks you out? Well, as a child, what's interesting to me is my sister had this crazy, irrational fear. And it was a fear of snakes. I mean, seriously, totally irrational. I mean, there's nothing to be scared of. It's a little snake, no big deal. And so, like I said, we grew up in Northwest Oklahoma, and that's kind of snake territory. Like, there's a lot of snakes out in that part of the world. And um, so as a good little brother, what would I do? Well, we had this five and a half foot bull snake that lived around on the side of our house. And so I would go and catch that snake and I would chase my sister with it. You know, I was just trying to help her overcome her fears. 
So she had this very irrational fear. I had this very rational fear, and this fear was a fear of, you know, if you leave your foot hanging over the bed or your hand hanging over the bed, this dude's gonna come out and grab you and pull you under, right? It's gonna just happen all of a sudden. Rational, super rational fear, sister irrational, me obviously very rational. Now I know, I know a lot of these things might sound kind of silly, um, but as we, as we go through life, um, there are these fears that are very real. And today I want us to look at five fears um, that are some of the most common fears. And then I want us to look at what God word, God's word has to say about those fears. The first one is this. One of life's most common fears is the fear of loss. It's the fear of loss. Um, fear of losing something that you hold very dear to you, that's important to you. For many of you, if you're married, you're afraid of losing that spouse. It's something that weighs on you. Or certainly those of you that are parents, you would fear losing a child or having something horrible happen to that child. Or maybe it would be a fear of financial loss. I'd hate to lose my job or this investment or something that I have in place financially. We fear losing those types of things. Another fear is simply the fear of losing control. Anyone ever realized in the middle of something, all of a sudden you lose it? And you can be like, oh, why am I fearing losing my marbles in the middle of a specific situation? Another common fear that many of us battle is the fear of failure. The fear of failure. Um, this is one for me that is, that is huge. But we feel like we're gonna be inadequate. We would like to do something, but we're afraid we won't succeed. Maybe some of you, you wanted to start a small group, but you felt like, ah, I don't know, I don't know if I could do it. And even worse, I don't know if anyone would show up, right? A fear of starting a business going back to school, reaching out to someone, but I don't know if I'll have what it takes. It's that fear of failure that can be paralyzing. Many of us, we often battle what's called the fear of rejection. Every single guy in this room is gonna, gonna know this, either because you experienced it 30, 40 years ago, or you experienced it this week. And that is, you wanna ask this girl out, but you're afraid she's gonna say, she's gonna give you the once over and go, <laughs> not a chance, dude, right? It's the fear of being rejected by someone. Or perhaps in a marriage, the fear that your spouse is going to leave you. Some people are paralyzed with a people-pleasing mindset. I want everyone to like me, so then I'm going to wonder, right? I'm gonna wonder, are they gonna like the way I do my hair? Are they gonna like the clothes that I'm wearing? Are they gonna like the way I talk? Are they gonna like the way I walk? Are they going to like whatever it is, where I live, what kind of car I drive? And so we go through life worried that people are going to reject us because that's a true and real fear. There's one more common fear and I want us to look at and that's the fear of the unknown. And many of us are wondering, what would happen if one day I got that bad diagnosis? 
Or what would happen if one day someone I love got that bad diagnosis? What if I lost my job? Or I'd like to try this new thing, but I'm really afraid to do so because I don't know what's going to happen yet. It's the fear of the unknown. Some of you may be stuck in the middle of a horrible situation, but instead of getting out of it, you stay in it because that is what you know and you're afraid of the unknown. And even though it's horrible, you're staying inside of it. It's the fear of the unknown. I know that a lot of people would say, you know, that life is going really great right now for me, so that must automatically mean that something bad is getting ready to happen, right? A lot of us say those kinds of things because so many of us battle these different types of fears, the fear of loss, the fear of losing control, the fear of failure, the fear of rejection, and the fear of the unknown. But I think it's important to see what the word of God has to say about this in 2 Timothy 1, verse seven, where it says this, God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, and of love and a sound mind. God has not given us the spirit of fear. Listen to that, fear is not from God. Fear is from our spiritual enemy. God our Father, the source of all, the all-knowing, the ever-present, the all-powerful God has not given us fear. And yet so many of us are consumed with it. We're always worried always anxious, always overwhelmed, living paralyzed by something that God did not give us. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but a power and love and sound mind. Fear is not from God, and so I have to stop living in it. And by the power of God through his spirit and his word, we can all quit living in fear as well. Now, some people say that fear is the opposite of faith. Kind of, technically, I guess, but I disagree. I actually believe that fear is faith. It's just faith in the wrong things. Fear is faith, it's just faith in the wrong things. In fact, if you're taking notes with us this morning, I want you to write this down. My fears reveal misplaced faith. My fears reveal misplaced faith. We start by thinking about all of the what ifs, right? What if this bad thing happens? Have you noticed people rarely say, what if something great happens? Well, with the exception of this week and going out and buying lottery tickets because you know the lotto is like crazy this week and so if something great like that happened, I would for sure give a lot of money to the church. You know, That's what I would do. I'm making that promise with God so you know, besides the lottery, I never hear people saying, what if something good happens? They always say, what if something, what if something bad happens? See, my fears reveal misplaced faith. So I want us to look real quick at the story of Moses. I don't know if how many of you are familiar with Moses in the Old Testament, but this is a crazy story because God has called Moses to deliver his people out of bondage, right? To be freed from Egypt. And so here's the deal. Moses goes up, to this special place to be with God. He's, he's on a little hike, right? And all of a sudden, he encounters this burning bush. Okay, so lightning struck, no big deal. But then as he's watching that bush, he realizes it's not being consumed. That means it's burning, but it's not being burned up. 
Okay, well, that's got my attention a little bit more. But then a voice comes from the bush. Uh, I don't know about you, but that would have my full attention. Like, that's crazy stuff. And, it, and Moses has this full-on conversation with God's voice coming out of this burning bush on the mountainside. Fast forward, let's call it 30 minutes. Moses is back down the hill. And what happens? Exodus 4.1, Moses completely forgot about that experience that just happened. And he begins the what if game. Here's what it says in Exodus 4.1. But Moses protested again. What if they won't believe me or listen to me? What if they say the Lord never appeared to you? He was just in the presence of God. Literally 30 minutes ago, he's come down the mountain and, and forgot it all. He all of a sudden thinks the worst is going to happen, that people won't follow him, that people won't listen to him, that people won't believe he is the chosen one that God has called to deliver them out of bondage. But it's a game we all play. What if, I'm afraid? We do it all the time. What if the economy drops? What if I lose that job? What if I lose my health? What if my spouse leaves me? What if my kids get hurt? What if... I get in a wreck. What if I never get married? What if I get married to a jerk? What if we can't have kids? What if we have six kids? What if the cat gets pregnant again? Like all kinds of crazy things that we what if and we play that game over and over in our minds. My fears reveal misplaced faith. Now let's think for a moment and ask a really important question. Why do the what ifs matter? I wanna show you two thoughts I think that could be potentially life-changing for us all. The first one is this, and if you're taking notes, what you fear reveals what you value the most. What you fear reveals what you value the most. For example, if you fear losing your marriage, that shows that you really care about that marriage which is not a bad thing. If you fear losing a child or a child getting hurt, that, that shows that you value that child. Again, not a bad thing. If you fear losing your job or losing money or wealth, that, that shows that you care about financial stability. Again, not a bad thing. But what you fear reveals what you value the most. Think about that. The second thing is this, what you fear reveals where you trust God the least. So what you fear reveals what you value the most and it also reveals where you trust God the least. For example, if you're really worried about your marriage, check it out, you're not trusting God with your marriage. You say you are, but you are not. If you're really worried about your children, think about it, you're not trusting God for the protection of your kids. You're saying, God, I, I really don't believe that you're good enough and that your plan is good enough to take care of my children. And so instead, you decide you're gonna worry about it. As if that helps, right? And if we don't trust God with our financial well-being, we're basically saying, God, I don't trust you to provide for me. 
I don't trust you to come through. Because see, our fear reveals where we trust God the least. And here's what I wanna do. I want us to be really honest for a moment before God and answer this question. Fill in this blank. I'm not trusting God with what? I'm not trusting God with what? Be honest. I'm not trusting God with what? With my kids? With my future? With my health? Someone that I love? My aging parents? Whatever it is, I'm not trusting God with what? Be honest, write it down, own it. Now I wanna be real honest with you. For me, what I, what I wrote down this week as I was, I was thinking about this is I'm not trusting God with my future. And I wanna unpack that for you a little bit. It's not that I'm afraid that something bad is going to happen. But what I'm afraid of is that I'm not where God wants me to be right now. It's really a fear of the unrealized dream. Am I too comfortable where I am? What if I do stop dreaming? What if I become complacent? And so honestly, when I look out ahead, when I think of the next few months and what I have to do and what I have to accomplish, I can think, is that it? God, is that what you have for me? And I can become paralyzed and consumed with it, overwhelmed. And even though this is a continual area of fear for me, I know some of you are looking at me right now and going, dude, you're messed up. Fair. But I would say we probably all are because we can all at times live in this fear that God does not want us to have. Because see, God has not given us a spirit of fear, but he's given us a spirit of power and of love and a sound mind. So let's own it. In what area of your life are you not trusting God? What is it? What is that thing? And so the remainder of our time today, I want us to think about this a little bit more and how we face the what ifs of fear. And I wanna give you two thoughts. The first one is this. I wanna encourage you to acknowledge your fear. Acknowledge it. Whatever it is, acknowledge it honestly and choose to trust God. Acknowledge your fear. Whatever it is, no matter what it might be, make a conscious choice to trust God, the God of the universe. What I'm not saying, I want, to hear, I want you to hear me this morning, what I'm not saying is to stick your fingers in your ears and go, la, 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 I'm not, I'm not, this isn't happening to me. No, the reality is it is happening to you, but what you can do is you can stand up, you can acknowledge it, and you can do what you can do on your power, but the most important thing that you can do, hear me clear this morning, is you call again upon the name of God, and you allow him to help you overcome that thing. You allow him to help you. You trust him. Now the other side of the what if is the what is. 
And some of you have already received that horrible diagnosis. Some of you have already lost someone that you cared about. Some of you have just lost that job. And so I want us to look at scripture again, and I want us to look at the story of David. And again, so many amazing things in our Old Testament comes from David, right? And here's, here's this guy, again, who's anointed to be the next king of Israel. But the current king, his name was King Saul, is not super excited about this anointing that David has received. As a matter of fact, he, he, says, he says these words. King Saul says, I want you to go hunt him down and kill him and take his life. <laughs> Think David has anything to be afraid of? Sounds like it, a little bit, right? Sounds like he's got some bad people coming after him. Think about you and if you walked into the post office, I think they still do this, I'm actually not sure, but you walk in the post office and there's those, uh, those most wanted posters, right? And you see your picture on it and it says, take this person, fill in the blank, um, take them out, um, hunt them down. How, how would that feel to you, right? You, you would feel like, I'm, I'm out of here before someone recognizes and sees that that's me on that poster, right? We're, we're, we're gonna be running. But check out what David does. This is so amazing in Psalm 56, verses two and three. We get a glimpse into where he was living. He said, my slanderers pursue me all day long. That's the reality of the situation. He's got people coming him, coming after him day and night. Many are attacking me in their pride. Now, I like what he says next. I love his honesty. He says, when I am afraid. In other words, sometimes it's too much. I can't take it anymore. I'm afraid about whatever that thing is. I, I'm afraid for my future. When I'm afraid, David goes on to say, I will trust you. Who's you? David says, I will trust you in God whose word I praise, in God I trust. And then he says this, he says it loud and clear, he writes it down, he pins it. I will not be afraid, what can mortal man do to me? Check it out, I choose to trust God. I put my faith in him. What can mortal man do to me? Seriously, David? Are you seriously asking that question? What can mortal man do to you, David? Well, mortal man can hunt you down, David. Mortal man can, can capture you, David. Mortal man can torture you, David. Mortal man is going to kill you, David, because that's what the king ordered. That's what mortal man can do. But watch what David does, and he turns it. <laughs> you know what? Even if my what if becomes my what is, David says, ultimately, I choose to trust God. Because what can man do to my eternity? 
David's no longer thinking about life on earth. He's thinking about what can mortal man do to me and do to my eternity? And the answer to that question is he can do nothing. I choose to trust God with my whole life and suddenly his worst what if it pales in comparison to the goodness of God. Now I wanna challenge us all this morning to be really honest. Acknowledge what it is. Be transparent. Here's my greatest fear, God, and I choose to trust you no matter what because for me, the further that I get away from God, the further that I move closer to that fear, it interrupts that relationship that I have with him. So I've got to acknowledge it and say, I choose to trust you no matter what. But the second thing I wanna encourage us all to do today is to seek God. Seek him. Seek him. Seek God in all things until he begins to take away that fear. Seek him in his words. Seek him through prayer. Seek him through other believers that you have around you. Seek God day and night until he takes away those fears. And this is such a powerful verse. The next one in, in Psalms uh, 56 Verse four, it says this, I sought the Lord and he answered me. He delivered me from all my fears. Take a moment, think about that. He delivered me from all my fears. He removed, he took away. There's no fear that holds me hostage anymore. He removed every fear that I have. I sought God and he delivered me. Listen to what John Wesley says. He was the founder of the Methodist Church. He was a great man of God from years past. He said this, I have never known more than 15 minutes of anxiety or fear. What? <laughs> like seriously? You've never known more than 15 minutes of anxiety or fear? He goes on to say, whenever I fear fearful, emotions overtaking me, I just close my eyes and thank God that he is still on the throne and reigning over everything. And I take comfort in his control over the affairs of my life. So as we start this new year, I wanna give you this main thought for today. True faith places God in the middle of my fear. True faith places God in the middle of a fear. Wherever I fear fearful, I choose to close my eyes and remind myself God is on the throne. We all can do the exact same thing. When we start to feel fear, we can close our eyes, we can focus on him, and suddenly God comes between you and your fear. True faith places God in the middle of my fear. When, you, when, when we don't do this, and fear comes between you and God, what happens? All of a sudden we're further away from him. We can't hear his voice, we can't feel his comfort, we can't feel his peace. But when we put God in the middle of our fears, 
Watch him help you overcome it. This is what I do when I fear the future. When I take my eyes off of God and what he wants for me, that's what I do. That's me coming in in the middle. That's allowing the fear to come in the middle. But when I close my eyes and thank God, God, you already know the future. Don't I realize that God, you have been with me for these last 50 years? God, you are with me today. Why would I not believe that God is not going to be with me in the future? True faith places God in the middle of my fear. How easy is it to go back to hearing those voices? My dad's little brother, my uncle Timmy, um, had muscular dystrophy. Um, When I was just a baby, um, Timmy was one of the um, poster kids for the Jerry Lewis telethon. My Uncle Timmy died when I was just a couple of years old. Um, But I found myself thinking a lot about muscular dystrophy as a kid. Into my teens, I had fears that I would somehow get this horrible disease that had taken my uncle's life. I knew that this disease was commonly passed down to males in the same bloodline. And so there was fear that welled up in my life. Shortly after Amber and I got married, um, my parents had come to visit us where we were living. And um, I still don't know what happened that night exactly, but I, I collapsed to the floor and I felt like I couldn't move. I felt as if I was paralyzed. And immediately, I began to hear the what ifs from my enemy. The enemy of my soul began to say, you're not gonna have a future. I got you. I'm giving you the same disease that your uncle died from. You're gonna, You're not gonna have that beautiful wife. I'm taking that from you. She's gonna watch you die a horrible death. All of these thoughts in a few moments were flooding through my mind. And I remember as Amber and my parents gathered around me laying on the floor in that little living room, they began to pray. And to this day, I have no idea what happened that night except for this. I know that God touched me in that moment. I know basically God was saying, no, I'm not done with him yet. And I'm telling you right now, go ahead. Go ahead, go down that what if road. 
what if that happens? What if you do lose someone you care about? And what if you do go bankrupt? And what if you do lose that job? Or what if the economy, what if that thing does happen? Yeah, it's gonna be difficult. Yeah, it's gonna be hard. But what can mortal man do to you? Mortal man can do nothing to take away the eternity that God has for you, the future that God has for you. Because God has not given you a spirit of fear, but he has given you power and love and a sound mind. True faith places God in the middle of your fear. What if? What if? Well, what if? If we know, if we know God, and if we continue to seek him, his promise is he will sustain you. Because if we truly know him, guess what? We have nothing to fear except for that reverential fear that we should have for the all-powerful God the one who created us. The more we know and love God in a holy way, the less we have to fear on this earth. Satan wants us to be in bondage to that fear, but God wants to set us free. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of love and power and a sound mind. And we can put God right in the middle of that fear.